Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as always, we've got a great show for you today. Um, we've got Paige King Johnson, who's on, and we're definitely excited to have her on. We've looked at her resume and stuff, and she's done some great things, and we're looking forward to hearing a small part of her story. So, Paige, are you here? I am. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And Sandy, are you here? <laughs> yes, I'm here too. Okay. Yes. <laughs> 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 so how are you hanging in there with the whole virus thing going on right now? It's crazy. I feel like, you know, we've all had to figure out a new normal and what that looks like and uh kind of take this mandatory slowdown that we've uh had to do. Um but I've been trying to make the most of it as much as I can. It it really gets me down that I can't be out on the road and be playing shows and meeting people um, like I normally would be. And as every calendar mm-hmm. invite comes up on my phone, that's a reminder <laughs> of what was planned. It kind of gets me down. But um, I was just been trying to take this time, you know, to really hone in on writing new stuff and, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. trying to – I've been practicing piano, which I have not sat down at a piano in – 13 years since I quit taking lessons and so it's I've been trying to take the time to make the most of it and better myself and you know keep my mind off of the actual reality of it all (laughs) definitely understand that what's crazy is um, we've actually because what we do we do all this from home with the show and stuff so we've actually been busier than normal (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah we've been able to bump up the amount of shows we've been doing and from home so it works for us but not a bad thing. It kind of keeps you sidetracked, and then you, the day will fly by, and then you don't realize that you've already gotten through another quarantine day. <laughs> That's yeah, right. We, Absolutely. We definitely look forward, because we look forward to these every day. It's a passion of ours to talk to y'all. It In fact, is. you're our 77th, either, yeah, I think 77th interview since January mm-hmm. 3rd. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, I feel very so honored. We, thank y'all for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. We sure appreciate it. So as we get started, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, um, where you're from, and a brief overview of you. Yeah, uh, so I'm originally from a small town in North Carolina called Anger, and uh, I grew up there my whole life, uh, really, and music kind of was part of my life from the beginning. Uh, Ever since I was little, I was singing in church and uh, you know, singing around town, and and anytime my mama wouldn't tell me to shut up, honestly. And um, at the age of about six, I started piano lessons because my older sister at the time was taking them, and I wanted to be just like her. So I got into music really um, in a formal way then, and um, stayed there for a few years. And then whenever I was ten years old. My granddad bought me my first guitar ever as a Christmas present and surprised me with it because um, he had seen the passion that I had for music and how much I enjoyed playing piano. And mm-hmm. um, he really just kind of wanted to see where it would take me next. And so uh, I took that thing and got into lessons and <laughs> fell in love with it. Um, and that following Easter, my granddad actually passed away. And so I kind of took that oh, wow. as, uh, you know, my, my notion from him and, from God that I, that this is what I needed to chase after and, and um, you know, give it my all. And so I put my head down and, and went at it full force and absolutely fell in love with performing and playing and eventually songwriting. Um, and it's just, 
I, I knew from then that there wasn't anything else uh, that I could do that would make me as happy. Um, and so mm-hmm. uh, after that, whenever I was kind of looking at uh, going to college, after I graduated from high school, I knew that and country music has always been my thing. I grew up listening to mm-hmm. uh, all the classic country artists, and so I knew that Nashville was the place that I wanted to go. <laughs> and so um, I up and moved from my hometown. Everybody thought I was crazy. Um <laughs> And I, I've been living in Nashville for five years and, uh, you know, wow. trying to do the, the whole touring thing as much as I can and writing as much whenever I'm in Nashville. And um, it keeps me busy. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, and we'll be talking a little bit about the people don't understand a little bit later in the show. We'll see where I go with that. Um, but, yeah, we, we definitely get where you're coming from on that because, you know, I remember – when Sin and I first met or not or married seventeen years ago, I was one of these people that was whole hardcore um I was gonna be a motivational speaker, period. Nothing mm-hmm. else outside of that. That was my dream, that was my vision. If you and, and nope, I was not listening to music in my car. It was always audio motivational stuff because that's where I was going. I married Sandy. Oh, wow. She, she's this hardcore music lover that only listens to music. <laughs> so we and learned really quick. Quit, right? <laughs> well, well, we made an agreement. We did 50% audios and 50% um, music. So we kind of balanced it out for each other. We compromised in the middle. Okay. Um, but through the years, I've learned the power of music and all that. And, here, and, then, you know, and then in 2014, we originally launched New Country Buzz, um, it took off really good. We even got to interview Kelsey Ballerini before a lot of people knew who she was. So we still oh, wow. think that's pretty cool. And then we ended up shutting down in 2015. But by this point, the music was in me. I mean, I was just as dedicated as Sandy was, but we had to shut down for personal mm-hmm. reasons. And it ate me alive. I mean, I, I tried to push music away so much back then that I even let go of the domain, newcountrybuzz.com. But every six months, yeah. I, I would look up. Nope, I would say, oh, nope, nobody's bought it yet. Six months later, nope, nobody's bought it yet. And I remember the end of 2018, I so told Sandy, I, I feel like God wants us to do this. I feel like we're supposed to, we, we need to finish what we started. Yeah. And we re, and we relaunched mm-hmm. at the end of 2018, had no idea we'd be doing a show. So here it is. We found a way, and, and we, we see all these pieces coming together, how God still has me speak just in, on a different platform than I thought, but in a way so that Sandy gets to have her passion part here with music. All well, you get together. the best of all worlds. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so when you talk <laughs> about the passion and all that, you know, that you just knew, it's one of them things where, and, and see, I always try to tell people, if you've got a passion, please don't give up. It will eat you alive. I've experienced that. <laughs> because I gave up mm-hmm. yeah, for three years, and it ate, and it really did eat me alive those three years. Well, you know, I tell people all the time that you, people like us in music, whether you're an artist, a songwriter, you know, a, a radio DJ, whatever you are, like you, at some point in our lives, we have all caught the music bug. And we can't get rid of it. And people, mm-hmm. they don't get it, mm-hmm. but it is a thing. And it's it's something that will continually come back and annoy the crap out of you if you do not pursue it. 
<laughs> yep. And, and yes. You know, Absolutely. It's just crazy because 17 years ago, if you'd have told me this is we would be doing the Christian Sandy show, especially built around music. I mean, I guess if you'd have told me you'd be doing the show and we'd be interviewing maybe motivational speakers and business people, I'd have probably been like, okay, that sounds fine. <laughs> but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and here it is. We're we're four months into the show. We're having artists like you on tomorrow. We got. Emmy Sunshine on. We've had Anna Christina Cash. We've had Carlene Carter. We've had, you know, we've had Georgia Jones. And we're sitting here like, okay, this has got to be God doing because there's no way our show should be bringing some of these names on this short of time. Absolutely. If things are working out, you just got to keep doing it. <laughs> so, what's something, as we I always like to start with some fun, what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Well, I grew up riding horses uh, ever since I was little, and uh, about the time I started walking was when I started riding horses as well. And so uh, whenever I do get the chance to get back home to North Carolina, which I've been home for about six weeks now, um, (laughs) I I try to get back out to the barn and uh, get back on the horse as much as I can because I miss it so much. I spent... um, my childhood from the time I was six years old until I was 18 years old, uh, showing horses competitively. And so, um, it's nice to be able to get back to that and kind of get my mind away from you mm-hmm. for a little while and just be able to live life, you know, live the life that you end up writing about later. And so I do that a lot. I also love baking and cooking, uh, which I've gotten to mm-hmm. do a lot, which may not be the best thing for my waistline, but <laughs> in this quarantine, I've done a lot of it. Um, I also love just getting outside and, and being active and uh, hiking and running and, and doing everything. So trying to try to fill my life with a lot of different things, with different hobbies, so that I don't get caught in a rut in anything. That mm-hmm. is really cool because you got to have a little balance. Because right? I know we get some people on and they're like, oh, m- music is my hobby. And, again, that's great. And you can have a big passion where you do mostly that, but eventually you'll burn out if you're not careful. Absolutely, and I, I don't want this as a fun thing while I'm young. I want this as a career and longevity, <laughs> and so I know I know that I don't need to burn myself out of it. <laughs> and, and, of course, we're just like y'all because, again, we still, we're going the same path as y'all just on a different platform. So, we, we you know, we understand your path because, you know, and – because of everything that's going on, we have to, you know, go through, and there's so many hosts out there, and we have to be different than everybody. So I think there's less than 1% of hosts that are married that that's doing it together. <laughs> but but we also try to bring your story out and make it a conversation, because as you see, that we don't want to just ask questions, you answer, and ask questions, and you answer, and then ask questions and you answer. I think that bores people a lot of times. <laughs> you know, we try we, to be a little different. Yeah. <laughs> we want you to share stories. We want to share stories and make it a whole conversation. The world gets to listen on. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's, that's when it's fun, you know. And uh, nobody wants to turn on the radio, or nobody wants to, you know, turn on their iPod and listen to stuff and, and feel like they're being just talked at or yelled at. Through school, whether it's radio, whether it's music or anything, you know, we we turn it on for a a release Mm -hmm. of emotions and to kind of get our mind out for um, Mm -hmm. just a little while. 
So I love that. Yeah. I, I enjoy this. Well, that's great. So what's something quirky about you? Oh, um, if you ask my family, they would probably ask you how much time <laughs> do you have. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny about that question? I've learned um, that I ask to women, I ask what's quirky. To men, I ask what's unusual. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's well, right. I would probably say All about the thing. I'm extremely OCD to the point where it can be annoying sometimes, and sometimes oh, wow. that can get in the way of my <laughs> creative side, uh, which can mm-hmm. be frustrating sometimes. But uh, I am very OCD about some things, and it can it can drive me crazy to a certain point. So I know it's probably a quirk. But <laughs> That other people don't want to have to deal with. <laughs> What's crazy is Sandy's kinda of like that and I'm not. So so I have to you yes. know I have to learn to navigate oh, because 'cause there'll be times where I do I do a little bit here, a little bit there and she's like, Why don't you just finish the whole thing right here? I was like, I can't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, I have to finish the whole thing or I can't start doing it. <laughs> and, you know, that's the, the beauty in all of relationships and all of us humans in this world is that we can all be different. And that's right. we have to just accept that. <laughs> that's like, so true. Like, like, like I like to write articles and stuff, and she'll edit it for me. Um, but when I write, I write until I feel like I can't write no more. Uh, you know, I'll keep writing, I'll keep typing, keep typing, keep typing. Um, and then until I get to the point to where I feel like, okay, I said what I needed to say. Sandy, on the other uh-huh. hand, she's like, she tells me, how do you do that? Because she, she has to fix the editor as she's typing. I'm like, that would destroy oh, yeah. my creativity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you're not getting everything out on paper. <laughs> so, so we do ba- So Sandy and I do balance each other out <laughs> Yeah <laughs> That's what you gotta find And that's why it works So I know you said that When you know That you kind of found music Around you know when, when you got the guitar But what age did you get to the point To where you were like You know what I can do this This is what I want to do With the rest of my life I think uh, you know, the realization that, hey, people actually do this as a job and this can actually mm-hmm. be what I spend my life doing um, was finally when I started, you know, getting those bigger gigs that were actually paying money. And this was, you know, when I was in high school and, um, mm-hmm. you know, doing something that it, mm-hmm. there was a, a shift from it being a hobby or a cute thing that this little girl was doing to, mm-hmm. hey, this is actually what I want to do. And so I think that that mental shift for me kind of came around, you know, the middle of mm-hmm. high school whenever people are starting to ask, well, what are you going to do with the rest of your life and all of this stuff? <laughs> and, um, it it really just all started kind of clicking to me whenever, you know, you're in, you know, in high school, you're having to take all these tests that like, what do you want to be? And I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm uh-huh. like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to <laughs> do that. <laughs> But the thing that I kept turning back to was music. And so, um, you know, finally one day it just clicked. And for me to realize that, hey, I can go to college in Nashville, Tennessee, the heart of country music, and Mm. I can get a degree in the music industry and learn all about Mm. what I'm so passionate about and still be in a place that is full of so many creative people that can spark the creative side of me 
so that I can still mm-hmm. be doing both and make this as something that, you know, I can do for the rest of my life um, and, you know, yeah. be able to support myself with. And um, it it was a really big realization for me and a very happy one <laughs> um, <laughs> that I could make this a reality. And I think that's what everybody who's in this kind of uh, looks for and hopes for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing I cringe on out there, and you see people, on, whether it's on Facebook or in person, and I'm sure you've experienced this, where people say, you know, people, creative people, artists, um, people, actors, people like that, they need to get a real job. And I, and I hate that because, you know, because I've, I've got, you know, I've told people, look, don't tell an artist they need to get a real job because they actually got something better, a passion that they're striving for. And, Absolutely. And, you know, and here's the problem with that. I've told people this is what happens when you steal the passion out of people. I've got friends of mine that's been, that's been um, in their career, say, 15 years, 10, 15 years, so to speak. They went to college for it. And, and I'm not saying all friends, but there are some that are like this, <clears throat> the way they're miserable. And you sit down with them. Yeah. You try to figure out why are you miserable because I'm like you've got this great lifestyle. You know, cause you seem to have money. You have this great family. You have this awesome career, and then they'll, and a few of them will stop you and say the career is the problem. And you're like, how's the career the problem? You went to six years of college or however long it was for that. <laughs> yeah. And they're always like, well, I really did not want to go this. Everybody said I need to do this for money, and I need to do that, and I need to do that. My parents said I need to do this. So I just gave up what I really wanted to go that route. Mm. And, 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 that, and that hurts my heart to hear people because I hear people say the same thing, especially even being 22. I mean, I have a lot mm-hmm. of friends who, you know, they went to school and they got the degree that they thought was probably what their parents wanted or what other people expected them to do. And, you know, now they're looking for jobs that they're not super passionate about and that they're dreading going to work even, you know, only a couple of years into a job. And I'm thinking, well, I look forward to my job. I'll, y'all just chose the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times what happens is people used to have dreams. They had the passions, but they get beat up by life so much that they're and because I see people say this all the time. They're like, well, well, this nine to five is good enough for me. Why ain't it good enough for you? I've I've heard, I, and so they try to make you feel guilty for wanting to do different than what the average person says. And I hate that because, again, that what they're going to do is steal the passion out of other people to live the average life. I never wanted to live the average life. Never. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you and know, I'm hearing all the motivational yeah. speaker come out of you right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, God showed me how to still do a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and, and is, that's why we like. very true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy, though. I, I wish people would understand that, you know, the creative people – because I used to – and I used to be one of those people that would say an artist needs to go, go find something with money. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to make it. I used to be one of those people. And and now I look back and I, I cringe when I think about it. It's like, oh, my God, I, I may have stole some passion from people 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, but now that we're back, in the, so you're you're repaying yep. it. 
But now that we're in the middle of the music business, mm-hmm. and I tell you what, Nashville has been one of the greatest blessings to us, even though we've never visited yet, but we will we will be visiting in September for the first time. But it's funny because we're in Savannah, Georgia, and we're planning on moving to Nashville because we know that's awesome. where we need to be now. And, you know, great, thank you. And we're definitely excited about that. But, you know, it's people like you that make us realize we're supposed to be there. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's such a sweet city, and uh, whenever I moved there, I was terrified. I came from mm-hmm. a, a two-stop lot <laughs> town, and, uh, you know, the biggest city we had was an hour drive away. And so mm-hmm. we, I was scared of this. I was like, I'm not going to fit in in this big place, <laughs> or people are going to be rude to me, <laughs> or whatever. And Nashville, it people say it all the time and you know I finally mm-hmm. realized that it was true that it's a big city with such a small town feel when you're in the music industry because everybody knows everybody and everybody's kind of dealing with the same circle of people and uh-huh. it's a so it's such a creative town and it's full of people who are you know we're we're all scraping up everything we got just to try to make a dream come true and so you know, we're all rooting for each other, and it's not pushing the other person down so you can get up higher. It's helping people up so that, you know, because you know that if you're helping them out, that if they get success, they're going to bring you up with them. And so it's just it's mm-hmm. such a good place to be and so creative and everything. And it's honestly one of the best moves that I ever made. I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I thought my home was the best, but if I had to move away anywhere else, <laughs> This is the place that I know I needed to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you look back at your career so far, the things you've got to do, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I've got to do that? I think the first one was, and it honestly just happened, I mean, a lot of huge, like, firsts for me came last year with the release of Water Down the Whiskey and um, for me to be able to go on my first radio tour and meet people like y'all all over the country who mm. had nothing invested in me whatsoever but were so willing to help me get my music out and support me and, uh, you know, help me make this dream a reality even further. Um, and, to, you know, to see my first ever single um on radio, on country radio, to be, you know, climbing charts every week and to be able to release mm-hmm. a music video with that, that I got to travel to L.A. to shoot. I mean, it's just, it's all such surreal things. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and when you're an artist and you're trying to promote yourself and, you know, you're kind of caught up in this bubble of, okay, what can I do to get to this next step and this next <laughs> step to actually see the payoff and, and to mm-hmm. finally get music out and to see that, you know, it wasn't just a fantasy in your head that it was really good, but that people uh-huh. are relating to the music and they like it and they're going back to it. I mean, for me, that's, that's what it's all about. And as long as that keeps happening, I know I'm doing the right thing and I know that yeah. I'm still supposed to be here. And so, you know, I'm just always just trying to hit those next goals and hit those next, you know, high moments and, um, so last year was definitely a lot of those for me, but you know, with every next big show that I do, and um, mm-hmm. you know, next big write that I get to, to be <laughs> in with a, a hero of mine in Nashville, um, I count all of those as wins because they are. And uh, as a baby yeah. artist, you kind of have to 
you have to pump yourself up and get yourself excited for the next thing to push yourself along. So um, I I take pride in all of them. You know, and I always like to get to this point where where I do what we call flip the script. You know, (laughs) as, you know, we talked about some of the highs. Well, you know, a lot of people don't really talk about the other side, the lows, the sacrifices, the struggles. You know, that mm-hmm. really doesn't get told out there enough, and I think it needs to get told more because I, because I think before people step into this calling, they need to know the truth of what it really takes. And so I like to bring that side out too, and I'll, and I'll say a little story that helps me lead into this of where I want this to go. Back in 2014, we interviewed um, Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. <laughs> and one, one of the questions I asked was that, um, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And so they said, uh, so Allison said, this is going to sound funny coming from a full-time artist. She goes, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, please go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, the sacrifices we have to make, the sacrifices our family has to make, the struggles we go through. If we have a bad day today, we still got to get on that stage tonight and smile like we are the happiest person ever. We have to wear so many masks to keep people mm-hmm. happy because to stay on top and all that. She goes, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because being all in is the only way that those sacrifices become worth it. Now, what do you think about what she Absolutely. said? And let's go there a little bit. Absolutely. I mean – a, on the top of everything else, I mean, I had to move away from home, which many artists do, and they moved to Nashville. And so that was a huge sacrifice that you had to do, um, especially people like myself, who I'm very blessed with, mm. a lovely family and a great hometown that I, I had to leave. And so, you know, that was the first thing for me is like, is this worth it? Is this what I want to do? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I decided, yes, it is. And, and then, you know, once you get to Nashville and you, you build your community, well, then the second that you do that, we all hope that we get to the point where we are touring and we're out on the road and we're meeting new people and, and going to different places. And so then you're having to sacrifice the time being in Nashville for the time mm-hmm. of, you know, being able to take a trip back home. And so you're doing that and you're sacrificing, uh, you know, your, your personal relationships to try to build others outside with fans and with people in the industry and, that's another thing, and you know you have to miss birthdays, and you have to miss weddings, and you have to miss all this, you know, all this sentimental stuff that um, you know you don't get to redo. Um, mm-hmm. And then on top of that, mm-hmm. I mean, the reality of it is, as an artist, sometimes you gotta, you have to <laughs> sacrifice money for being able to push yourself <laughs> further. And mm-hmm. um, and so it's all these things that continuously knock you down. And I think this business has a way of kind of naturally weeding out all the people who aren't truly meant to be here, whether it's, um, you know, yeah. their passions lie somewhere else or that they are here on uh, with the wrong um, intentions. And so um, throughout an artist's journey of getting, you know, wherever it is that their stardom is, uh, there's going to be a lot of things that push you down and there's going to be a lot of things that try to roadblock you so that you can't go further. And, um, I think that's kind of where everybody's true colors as an artist show up and their passion comes out. It's who's mm-hmm. going to push through all that and and still be able to get their way. It may be a different path and it might look a little bit different, but, you know, mm-hmm. we're all going to get there if we, we really want to. And so 
Um, I wholeheartedly believe in that, that there are many sacrifices that come with this job. And I'm not naive enough to think that other people's jobs don't come with sacrifices, but, um, you know, it's, it's not the conventional way of, Mm -hmm. of going about Mm -hmm. having a career. (laughs) (laughs) And, and we're not conventional either. I mean, we, we, we've been married 17 years and, and we've been a 24-7 couple the whole time. So we're definitely not conventional. Oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> Bless your soul. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of people tell tell us who are married that I would kill my spouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? I grew up, my parents have been married for 30-plus 30, 30 years, 31 years. And they have owned a business together for about 29 of those and worked beside each mm-hmm. other for that whole time. So it can be exactly. done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I applaud and, y'all. And, I know how hard it and, is. And, and what's cool about mm-hmm. this is, see, for years, for for our marriage, we've always felt like an outcast out there. Even at church. I mean, we, got a great, we go to great church and all that. But, you know, when we go to small groups, you know, you got all these couples are talking about their career and all that. Well, our career is kind of creative style has always been. It's been business owner from home and everything like that. We never get the questions of, well, how are y'all doing about that? We never get, you know, and then when they find out that we're 24-7 couple, they kind of push us away. It's like, I don't know if we're intimidated or what, but it's like we've always Mm -hmm. felt like an outcast. But here's the funny part. With Nashville people, I've never felt like an outcast, and I'm finally figuring out why. Um a lot of the people that we've been interviewing um, who are married, all, you know, 90, not, not everybody, but 90% of the ones that we've interviewed who are married, their spouse is part of their business, so they're building it together. Yeah, and, it's, and then both have the same amount invested, and you're both working towards the same goal, and you both understand mm-hmm. what the other person is going through, and you, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. on the same team together. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and I, you know, you know, I met, like I tell people, I married her to be with her, not apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it but, sounds like well, you've got it down. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, this is a perfect position for a quick break. We're going to take a little small commercial break, and then we're going to play your song, Water Down the Whiskey, and we're going to talk about that song. L- love the song. All righty. All right, hang in there. Let's go. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
Oh, yes, great <laughs> Thank song. Thank you. And I love that it's a, it's a bold move to say, look, just tell me. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, I think, you know, when we were writing that song, I think everybody has been in that situation to some degree or another, mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't feel good. <laughs> but And it takes a lot of courage mm-hmm. to just, you know, tell somebody, hey, you know, I will be absolutely fine without you. But if you're going to break up, you just need to go ahead and get on with it. <laughs> so we can both move on. Yeah, because, you know, because like they say, what's worse than wasting one year of your life, one year and one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what, you know. So tell us the story about that. I mean, a little bit of how that song came together. What was the writing process like? Uh, yeah, I wrote it with um, 
a friend of mine in Nashville. His name is Mike Astrakhan, and it was actually the first time we'd ever written together. Um, and as many songwriters, I kind of just walk around all the time, and you, you know, you take in anything and everything. Um, and I had been talking to somebody, and they had just said something in conversation uh, mm-hmm. about, you know, don't order down the whiskey, give it to me straight. <laughs> and so, and I took mm-hmm. the mental. <clears throat> you know, note there while we were talking and then went down and wrote it in my phone later. And um, I took it into the writing room that day with Mike and uh, I didn't really know exactly what the storyline of the song would be. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we kind of talked it out and, and figured figured up this story. And, and not, it was not, you know, necessarily a personal thing that either of us kind of drew from, but we can all... Yeah pull from feelings mm-hmm. in the past of, you know, past relationships that maybe didn't go quite as planned. <laughs> um, and, you know, trying to write that that dialogue that we wish we could have said to that person. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So one of the things I like to do, too, on our show is that, <clears throat> I th- you know, people, your fans see you, but they don't see what really makes you work. Because let's face it, without your team, you can't do what you do. Without the oh, PR sure. people, without without the production, without the you know, without managers and all that. Um, so tell us a little bit about your team. Let's give them some props. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I kind of started out in Nashville, you know, building a songwriting community of friends and people that I had met out at shows and stuff. Uh, and as you kind of grow, you continue to grow that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then from there, I have a group of uh, people around me who kind of act as a manager um, group, you know, guiding group, whatever you may call. um, And it's Bernard Porter is the main person. And he's been in Nashville for years and um, has worked with all the great people who I absolutely admire from, you know, Joe Dupie to Dolly Parton to – and anybody and everybody in between and he just he has so many great relationships built in Nashville from years of work in there and uh really is kind of the the guiding force for me in terms of, you know, knowing what the next move is, especially for small artists like myself, um, and trying mm-hmm. to, you know, keep working my way up. And uh from there then I have my PR people, um which is 2911 Company, and that is Jeremy Westby and Scott Sexton. And they do, they are like um, my catch all, honestly. I could not do all of this without them and everything they do. From setting up things like, you know, talking with y'all to uh, mm-hmm. other interviews and, and everything in between and helping get the word out whenever I do release stuff. Um, they are true heroes in that aspect and, um, you know, really helping me out there. And then on the mm-hmm. music side, I have my producer, uh, Bill McDermott, who has also been in Nashville for years. And he um, really just helped bring all of my songs to life and, and make them sound like what I knew I need, they needed to sound like in my head, but I can't vocalize. And put it into words, and, and he was, you know, my my musical voice through all of that. And uh, we 
at the beginning of our relationship, we really just sat down for a couple of hours and just geeked out over the same music that we loved so much and uh, that we've listened to for years. And uh, mm-hmm. and he, being in Nashville for many years, has also worked with a lot of those people that I look up to as well. And so, um, you know, we'd be in the studio and I'd say, well, I kind of wanted to sound like this. He'd be like, oh, you mean like blah, blah, blah? And I'd be like, yes, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> and uh, so he's just been a great person in that aspect to uh, help kind of bring to life what I knew I, I had a vision for my music. And, uh, yeah, all of that together, and it's growing every day, um, you know, with every step that I take, and that is the goal to mm-hmm. continue to rise in, in a fashion where I do need to bring in more people. And I think that's everybody's goal as an artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is – um. What's your family think of all this is happening? <laughs> oh, they're the best. Um, I absolutely could not do this without the support of my family and all the people near to me. Mm. Uh, and they love being able to go out on the road and, and travel to different places with me to be able to see mm. me play. And, <laughs> and they're honestly the biggest cheerleaders that I have. Um, and they're a huge sounding board. Every time I write something new, I'm you know, sending it to them saying, hey, I think this is good, but I, I need a second opinion to make sure it mm-hmm. makes sense. And, um, you know, they're they're the best. And I think everybody in this industry needs a good group of, you know, family or people who feel like family around them to yeah. continue to support them and, and lift them up. Because, like I said, it can knock you down many times. So tell us a parent story where, they did something above and beyond in your eyes, and you were like, they actually believe what I'm doing. Oh, gosh. I don't get questions like this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. See, see, we want to know about the, you know, our goal with the show is not to talk about just music. We want, you know, music is not who you are. We want to know who you are. Yeah. I, and it's hard because I have the best parents in the world. I do. One of the most <laughs> recent things was um, I got – I was able to go to Belize uh, to oh, play wow. down there uh, for a week at a, mm-hmm. a bar, and it was one of the best things ever. And uh, I was so excited to be invited and wanted to go. Um, and they were like, okay, yeah, tell us what and where. We'll, we'll travel down there with you. Know, make sure you're safe. We'll keep you oh, company. Well. Which, on the yeah. other side, it was vacation for them, but they, yeah. <laughs> they were very kind and very sweet to travel down there with me because I, I was a little apprehensive about traveling outside of the country and, and going and mm-hmm. doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, one of the very many situations where they have, you know, put everything down that they had going on with work and, um, mm-hmm. you know, picked up their bags and said, okay, tell us when and where to go and we'll be there. And so uh, wow. we got to go down to Belize and, and have a little family vacation. <laughs> that is really awesome. And because awesome. we're a family affair show, basically, we always said our eight-year-old, he always likes to ask one question, so we're going to get him on in just a second. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> now we got a one-year-old daughter, too. When she gets a little older, we'll be plugging her in, too. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Uh, yes, and here's Christopher. Mm-hmm. Hi, Paige. What's your favorite food? 
Oh, Christopher, my favorite. Well, it's not really a food that people would think. It's more <laughs> of a dessert. My favorite food <laughs> is ice cream, particularly cookie dough ice cream. Mm. And what's yours, little Chris? Does Christopher have a pizza. favorite food? Oh, yes, pizza, close second. That's what I had for supper last night. And probably for his, close second would be ice cream. He loves ice cream. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, those are top two. Okay, if they bye. aren't for anybody. <laughs> he comes and goes quick. comes and goes very quickly. <laughs> he loves to be <laughs> part of it, though. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it's funny. He has, a, he has a small part of every show, but that small part he loves. And there's been a few times yeah. where the show got, in the middle of the show, it got Stopped and all that for other for reasons, and he was upset because he didn't get to ask his question. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad he got his question in today. <laughs> those those are the so, real important parts of this interview. What is your favorite food? <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> that's a critical question and, there. <laughs> and one day, and one day when he's fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, as a girlfriend, we'll be able to show her. Look, he's he's been on in every one of these episodes. <laughs> Absolutely, He's yeah. our podcast with us. Because, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I've always heard that if you want to inspire passion and purpose into your kids, then they need to see you living yours because they have a front row seat. Mm-hmm. And we feel like Absolutely. that's what we're doing. That's it's awesome. We're trying I love that. <laughs> and he's going to be smart, too, to be able to know how all of this stuff works. Right, he'll be able to talk to people, yep. and and he wants his own podcast. He said someday. So, <laughs> so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Uh, I have to say, I do nerd out when it comes to songwriting stuff, and uh, my absolute favorite songwriter is Lori McKenna. Um, I think she is such a genius in the way that she can manipulate words and and say everything that you have ever thought Mm -hmm. or wanted to feel in such a poetic way. And so to be able to write with her, uh, and I definitely think uh, probably more of the slow, make you want to sit down and cry, like (laughs) heart-wrenching something. You know, Mm -hmm. she wrote something like Humble and Kind and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, Happy People and all that stuff. And so to be able to sit down and really just write a song Mm -hmm. that can – relate to people on so many different levels and pull at their heartstrings so hard. Um, that's a dream of fun. Yeah, yeah, because music moves people, and it's healing. In fact, Sandy's got a small story about that. Oh, yes. Back when I was in uh, junior high school and high school, I was bullied a lot during that time period, and listening to music then would help me take my mind off of all of that. It was something very healing to, to help me get through that time period. Absolutely, and it's, it, and that's I, I believe that's why God made music, you know, is that he knew that yeah. we were going to need some sort of release of emotions. And, you know, for people who don't, feel like they can write music or, you know, play music or whatever, mm-hmm. that they can listen to all these other songs that people have written and they can find themselves within there and justify the way that they're feeling and know that they're not alone in that. And I think that's, you know, one of the many beauties in, yep. you know, being a songwriter. Yes. Yeah, because yes, even absolutely. in um, the Bible days, there was music. 
So, you know, that's the yeah. power of music. Even, even the Bible talks about the power of music. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what's, um, of all the songs you've written so far in your career, what's the one song, or, or it could be a couple, but what's the one song that comes to mind that means the most and why? Oh, that's like, I tell people all the time, that's like asking people. I don't have kids, but I'm sure this is like having to choose your favorite kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're like your kids. Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah and like all my songs are probably listening right now thinking, you better choose me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I would have to say probably... The one that I'm most proud of, probably success-wise, is Water Down the Whiskey. Because, like I said, it is—it's my first song yeah. ever to go to country radio, and it was—it was, it was oh, wow. my first experience um, mm-hmm. in that realm and in, in the music video realm. Um, and it, you know, I, I tell people it was kind of like my first big girl song out in this career. And so, uh, right now, it is probably one of my proudest ones, just because. Not necessarily on the story side. I've definitely probably written mm-hmm. more close-to-home stories. Uh, but this is the one that I'm most proud of as far as success goes because it has opened a lot of doors for me, and it made me believe in myself, uh, you know, that I, I can do this when, you know, you can kind of get yourself down sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm about to ask a question, and I'll tell you why I'm asking it in this way. I have a pur- purpose for asking it this way. But if you had a magic wand, and let's say what you're about to say would for sure come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it that way is because this past February made five years that we asked that question to Kelsey Ballerini. And she's living almost to the T of what she told us she wanted to be in five years. So I have a purpose. I want – and I say that story. Because I want artists to open up the vision. Because, again, if you don't have a vision, you're probably not going to make it where you want to go anyway, and you probably won't be happy where you're going. And even the Bible says people without vision shall perish. So I truly believe that you've got to have that in front of you at all times. So if, for sure, all bets off, that it would happen, where, where do you want to be in five years? Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Um, I definitely, at the end of the day, I hope that I am somewhere that is still pouring back into me. I'm doing something Mm. that is giving me life and is not sucking the life out of me and that's making me happy and something that I wake Mm. up and I'm looking forward to every single day. And there's a lot of layers that come to that, you know, both professionally in my career and in relationships. I, if it were my way, I'd be out touring and and out on the road all the time, meeting all kinds of people who are (laughs) relating back to my music and who want to, Mm -hmm. you know, hear more about the stories behind it and all of that stuff. And I want to be, you know, um, being in relationships, you know, romantic and, you know, friendship and and family relationships that are all – you know, cheering me on and that they are all believing in me and that I am able to give something back to them. And I could go mm-hmm. on and on. <laughs> <For what laughs> <else>? <laughs> but but that's if all good. that's going to come true, I hope it does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, let's say you had a friend 
and you heard him or her, it could be either one, sing. And let's say you could tell there's something special about that person, and they do have a good tone and all that, but you could tell there's something there. And let's say they, you know, now, now this would be pre-COVID advice. And let, let's say that they um, have been on the stage 10, 20 times. They've done about 10, 20 shows. So they're really just getting their feet wet. But as every artist says, they've gotten on that stage and they got that music bug. They come to you and say, look, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. Now, what advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? You know, and it's kind of similar to the story that you were saying earlier um, about, you know, working and, and doing things outside of music. I would say go, go, and do every other job outside of music that you can and whatever it is and work at it as hard as you can. And if at the end of the day you still come home and you have the drive after you have worked an 8, 10, 12-hour day, and you still have the drive to sit down with your guitar or sit down and write or sit down and watch YouTube videos on how to learn piano, and you're still putting in the work and effort to do that, and you're still daydreaming and putting in time to try to book more shows on the weekends when you have off, I think that is one of the most beneficial things to really show you, hey, this is something that I need to do and that I want to do, or this is just something that I'm fantasizing and it sounds cool. Because I think a lot of people get caught up in the fact that this job looks super glamorous and, oh, you get, you know, free stuff sent to you on Instagram or you get to go hang out with people on the radio or you get to stay in hotels every night. But it's it's not all that. And so um, I think you need to go and do every other job in the world that you think is going to make you hate music. And then at the end of the day, if you if music is still the one and only thing that is in your mind, then go and chase after it. That is really cool advice. Never heard it put that way, but that's cool advice. One of the best advice I think we've gotten for this show, and I think it works great for artists too, and I, and I see artists fall in this trap. That's why I always say this. <clears throat> but I, one of my friends I asked um, from Nashville, what advice would he give as we get the show started? And he said, the only advice I would have for you is just be authentic. Because he knows we look up to like mm-hmm. Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley and stuff. He says, let's pretend you can tell Bobby Bone jokes or you can tell Ty Bentley jokes. And let's pretend you do a pretty good job of it. He says, I don't think you can. But let's just pretend that you can play their part and you create an audience by playing their part. He said, the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. He says, you can't hide that. He says, when authentic Chris comes out, you're going to lose every bit of your audience. Because they were never attracted mm-hmm. to authentic Chris. They were attracted to yeah. fake Chris. So if you're authentic from the beginning, the right audience will come. Yeah, and you're you're building the true grassroots, you know, people around you. And I think that um, a lot of people, no matter what they're doing, can get caught up in mm-hmm. that of, you know, like we said, being who they think that they should be or what other people want them to be. But in the end, I mean, if you're not happy with it, you can't stick yep. it out for so long. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're miserable. Like my story yeah. with the per- people that's in the jobs that they never wanted to be in. They're miserable now. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't pursue their passion. Now they can still pursue them now, but now they got families, they got kids, and they feel like they can't. So they feel yeah. trapped. And, you're, and now, you're, and now you're they're you're miserable. down a road that you've got to backtrack. And really, with the college thing, they're they're – 
probably 15 plus years because you've got, you know, four to six years of college True. and then 10 to 15 years of career. I mean, they're like way back, you know, but again, <laughs> I've seen people at 55 years old change their whole career and all of a sudden become successful. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, props to them because I probably would not be that courageous. <laughs> I, 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 if we're being honest, I probably wouldn't. Well, you know the story behind Kentucky Fried Chicken, from what I understand, and I, and I'm going by what I've heard. Uh, hopefully, that's right. But um, and I've read this. So we spread um, rumors now, Chris. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but from, from what I've read, that Colonel Sanders actually re- retired. He got his like his first check, and he realized there's no way I can live on this. And then it was something about a road construction coming through his property, so you know they had to use eminent domain on him. And Mm -hmm. so he's about to lose everything, but he knew he had like a good chicken recipe. So he like knocked on over a thousand investor doors until one person says, you know what? I like this. Let's do it. Wow. And now look. (laughs) Yeah. Now we're all getting (laughs) fried. That's crazy. But yeah, when you read like biographies and stuff, and you're like, wow, you know, some some of these people, they, you know, because I think the average person don't get it, you know, they spend one or two years chasing their dream, and then they quit, you know, even yeah, though it doesn't you know, come even though we, because we just started the show four months ago, but we start we mm-hmm. we originally started New Country Buzz in 2014, so this has been a six year journey for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, even though there was three years that we kind of backed away, but I was still making connections within the music industry. I was still making friends in there. So that was still a part of our journey that helped us where when we finally got to this point to launch this show, we could actually launch faster than most people. Yeah. Come to this last question and we can talk to you. (laughs) You know. (laughs) We we could talk all night long because I just I love you know like I told Sandy you know with my love mm-hmm. of talking and her love of music we're gonna kill it this show. <laughs> <laughs> so so is there a question? This last question now. Is there a question that you wish hosts like us would ask but they kind of never do? some good ones that you've gotten before. <laughs> <laughs> and we're uh, glad to hear that. I don't, it's working. I don't really, I really enjoy Christopher's question about what's your favorite food because I'm a foodie <laughs> to the core. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> He's a big time foodie. <laughs> I don't. You're fading in and out now. Yes. You still here? Uh oh. I don't know if we lost her or not. <laughs> I'm not sure. Hopefully not. Sorry. I think I lost you for a minute. There, there you are. There you are. <laughs> yes. We can hear you. <laughs> you know, that's, the thing, that's the thing about technology. I remember our very first show, January 3rd. I, was, I told Sandy, I'm not worried about the talking. My fear was the technology going out. Oh, and I absolutely. Guess God, and I guess God heard me and said, well, if that's your biggest fear, Let's make it happen on your first show. So, oh no! So, so we're interviewing 
Ashlyn Grace from Nashville, and about five minutes in or so, it goes out. And, I, and Sandy comes up because we're all on phones like you are. So Sandy comes running. What, mm-hmm. what happened? I don't know. Ashlyn texts us. What, what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we all finally figured out the log back in, the call back in, and it worked, and we got that. Mm-hmm. Here's the funny part about that. I have a friend of mine that's used this software for years. He's done like five to 600 shows. I told him that night what happened. He said, I have never heard that happening before. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, of course, it's going to happen on us on our very first show since I said that's oh, my biggest sure. fear. That I, so I guess God was saying, you know what, let's get the big fear out of the way, and then we yeah, can move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you should have gone in and bought a lottery ticket that night or something because apparently you, you had some good luck going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, you just never know what's going to happen on this show. And that's what we love about what we do because every day that we're talking to somebody, it's always different. Always oh, yeah, different. For yeah. Sure. And that's what I love about my so, job, too. Every every show is different, every right is different. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell everybody how they can reach you. Uh, my website is just pagekingjohnson.com, and it has all of my social media uh, linked there. But I'm on Facebook and Instagram um, and YouTube and everywhere else, and it's all Paige King Johnson as well. I love that. You know, um, we look forward to eventually bringing you back for some updates. Well, I appreciate yeah. y'all having me here, and I, I love being able to, you know, really have conversations like this because uh, I, I do. I feel like I know y'all, and I've never even met you. You know. <laughs> oh, we love to hear well, that. Yeah, yeah, you know, when we started the show, that was my, one of my goals. Is I want people to feel like when they get off, we're all friends now. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and and you know, and that's where it comes because I know that as I continue to release music, I can come back to y'all and say, "Hey, Chris and Sandy, can y'all please?" Can I get on here and talk to y'all for another hour? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And we'll be like, let's yeah. do it. Because you know what's yes. funny about this hour-long talk? There's a one last thing, and then we'll let you go. Cause, um, but this mm-hmm. hour-long talk for years, all these years, Cindy and I, we, we were on the street. And I'm not talking running to friends. Of course, you could talk forever with friends. But I'm talking I'd run into strangers, and we'd just start a conversation. And Sandy would always roll her eyes. <laughs> Because she knew we was going to be talking for 60 minutes. She, you know, it was just uh-huh. pretty much. Oh, yeah. And, and I've had probably thousands of those conversations in our 17 years of marriage. And we never realized it then that God was preparing us that whole time for this moment. Uh-huh. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so, so it's crazy how – because, again, my shows are like right around – now, granted, we went with Car- we went with um, um, Jenny Gill, and I think Carlene Carter about an hour and a half. We that did. Was- <laughs> well, and you know what? It's when you get people who love to talk. And I was raised by a daddy who does the exact same uh-huh. thing. He could talk to a wall, and so it's in my blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we look forward yeah. to meeting you one day when we come up to Nashville. Well, I I hope to meet y'all sometime, um, of course, and I do hope that y'all get to move to Nashville and, you know, get to experience the the beauty it, that it is and the creativity that it is, and um, 
and get to see why everybody falls in love with it. And we definitely appreciate you coming on, and we appreciate all the mm-hmm. artists that do what they do because y'all are awesome. Well, thank y'all. We couldn't do it without people like y'all, so thank you. <laughs> all right. And you know what? That's a wrap, as they say. And, yeah. and we look forward to <laughs> seeing, we look forward to seeing where your career goes. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed the show today. As always, we have great artists coming on tomorrow. We've got two two more coming at you, and we're excited about both of them. So, again, as always, go check out the people we come on. Go buy their stuff. Go buy their merch. Go support them. Go spin their stuff because, you know what, every little bit counts. And until tomorrow – We will see you then.